Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. Last episode, we focused on masculinity. And we looked at society and how it's not conducive to males becoming truly masculine. Now, it may have ruffled a few feathers, but it's quite okay because you can substitute the word masculine and replace it with anything you want. You can say racism. You can say anything that's holding you back and insert it there, some trauma that's happened to you. You can say, this is the way that I was brought up. This is the situation that I was in and then insert something and label it, and suddenly you've got a scapegoat of why you don't have to put yourself out there and be fully responsible. Now, what I'm saying is that you don't have to take responsibility for what's happened to you, but you have to take full responsibility of what you do with it. So with that ahead, let's move on to the next part, and that's looking at how we communicate with other people. Because all too often we get mixed up with our communications. We kind of put the carriage before the horse. We think that when we want to communicate to the world, we're actually communicating what we want to tell ourselves. So what's this all about? Basically, if you are going out there and you're telling people about how things are, how what your ideas are and why they're right and everything else like that, the chances are you're probably not making a lot of progress. The fact is that showing people is so much more powerful. I mean, remember the last time that you bought something or bought into something and you were so absolutely impressed both with the short and long-term effects afterwards. Can you truly remember that? Now, can you notice what the difference was? Generally speaking, when you're not impressed, it's because you're being sold. Now, traditional sales techniques looks at enhancing the benefits and decreasing the negatives. You've, you've probably heard this, and if you haven't, you can see it intuitively. The, the, old, the old give, is that his name on The Simpson, the salesman? That old guy. He shows what you should be doing. You should go and get yourself this beautiful house because it's, if, if you were right at the house there, you'd be at home by now. Whatever the benefit is, you've got to focus on the benefit and take away the negatives. Now, over time, people developed more advanced ways of dealing with things, and they worked on the feelings. Now, this is the same principle, but instead of selling the product, you're selling emotion. And this is focusing on the positive emotion and subtracting from the negative emotion. So if you read some of the more advanced sales manuals, they'll say like a car salesman, instead of saying, you know, this car is fantastic, it's good mileage and everything, you suss out the person, see what they're really into, and then you appeal to their emotions. If they're insecure, you can say, well, this car really will help you to attract people to you or whatever rubbish they try and teach or think how good it would be if you were driving this car in this situation, whatever it is, you, you get the idea. You're basically selling to the emotion. Now, these, these techniques, both of them have their place and both of them actually work to a degree. But if you want to take things to the next level, if you want to upgrade, and that's what this podcast is all about, 
then we have to know all the above appeal to the conscious level and the unconscious level, but it's not really going deep enough. So what do we want to do? Let's look even further. Let's look at the upgrade. Now, for the upgrade, there are two concepts that I want to bring into it. The first one is subtlety because it predicates the whole system approach to doing this. And that is, if you don't overdo it, if you, if you do it too much, then people realize what you're doing. If people see that you're really, really pushing it too much, then it's just not going to work. But you, you'll see what I'm talking about soon. The other major concept is essentially this. When all is said and done, more is said than done. So do it. Show it. Don't tell. Don't tell and show. Show and then maybe tell. Maybe not even tell, just show them. Basically, when you tell people about things, you've got to watch out. If somebody says to you, you're fat, you've got to lose weight, suddenly your guard's up. You've got this protection around you. You're very suspicious about what they're saying. And then basically you develop an awareness that there's some sort of cohesiveness developing. From this standpoint, it's incredibly hard to be convinced about whatever's happening. If you are trying to sell someone something and say, you need to buy this, unless if they're incredibly weak and insecure, it's just not going to work. But if you can show, if you can show, people can learn for themselves. As I always go back to, there's one movie that you'll hear me reference over and over again in this podcast, and that's Inception. And the whole thing is that the guy who bought into the idea at the end had to buy into it because he thought it came from within him. It was his idea. Obviously, they implanted the dream to get there, but that was the whole thing. It had to come from within, from the individual lens. People can form self-assessments from within, and this forms massive compliance. So how this works in application... There are so many different ways, but you can pull out anything. Let's say parenting, and you say, all right, well, little Johnny is telling lies. Just examine it. The traditional approach is saying, Johnny, if you tell me lies, then I can't trust you. The emotional approach is looking at how would you feel if I lied to you about going to Disneyland and we didn't really take you there? Or the upgrade approach, just think about it. What would that look like? What would it look like if Johnny is telling a lie? How would you really upgrade it? Now, of course, be discerning. And if the person is really young, then maybe you do have to focus on the emotional aspect because they're developing on a logical level. So let's look at it from another perspective. Say relationships. Uh, instead of um, somebody saying, don't say, I'm good for you, say, you'll have fun. So... As I was saying, in a traditional approach is, I am good for you. We would suit each other. It sounds robotic. It sounds ridiculous. That's looking at the benefits. I'm a good provider, whatever it is. The emotional level is saying, well, look, we'll have fun together. That's appealing to the emotion. But the upgrade level, the one that will really stick, is when, when she notices you and she notices that you are fun, that you're enjoying yourself, that you're 
incredibly successful by your actions. And once she sees that, you actually become incredibly attractive from that standpoint. You can get exactly what I'm saying just from seeing how this plays out. Same thing for work. So in a work situation, instead of saying to the employer, which I mean, there is a time and a place for everything. If you're in a formal evaluation setting, perhaps you do have to look at some pros and cons and give the benefit speech. But you could also look at the emotional aspect in an indirect way and say, well, hey, um, doesn't it feel good that you can leave the company and know that everything's run smooth when I'm here? That's appealing to the emotions. Or the upgrade level is knowing if their boss knows that you are absolutely 100% reliable, that you go that extra level and you demonstrate it time after time after time, there will be something that comes from it. Now, if you go through this approach and say that, hey, I've worked really hard all day and nobody even noticed it, you're probably not really getting it. The fact is that we don't do this in order to be manipulative. We do this in order to demonstrate both to ourselves and then to other people what we're already about. And that's being authentic. That's by having integrity. That's by really doing your best work. And from giving your best work, you will get rewarded. There are times, of course, when you do have to bust out the traditional and emotional approach, like I said. So if you're the worker who works really hard all the time and doesn't get noticed during the appraisal, you don't just sort of ignore and don't give it the time that it needs. You go there and you give the traditional answers that they need. During interactions, maybe there's a time for social lubrication. We use emotional responses. But generally, everything flows from the upgrade approach. And that's where you show, not tell them. And this is the only place where people will see with their own eyes what's happening. And once they see it, they can self-assess it and make their judgment about what's happening. And this is a million times more successful than if you go up to the person and say, hey, look how good I am. Just think about it for yourself. Really think about it. When was the last time somebody went up to you and said, oh, I'm I'm amazing at whatever. Most of the time, you kind of think they're a douchebag. It just, it doesn't make sense why somebody would come out and say that sort of thing. Unless if they're trying to prove something, unless they want something, unless if they're trying to be cohesive. What about this? Cohesive, I mean. What about this? What about if somebody went up to you and they were doing something in front of you? Say they were... Let's look at the influencer because influencers, the, the good ones actually are prime examples of this. The really high-level influencers like drive around in these amazing cars. They live, have these amazing experiences. They live these incredible lives and subsequently the crowds and the masses are attracted to them and they all, they all get followers on their Twitter or Instagram, whatever they're into. And then you get the guys that just, they aren't, that successful. And so they go around and they talk numbers. They talk things. And when, they, when you talk to them, they sound kind of salesy. And these guys never really make it to that next level. So the key to all of this is to show, not tell. And from this powerful standpoint, you can make so many changes.
Now, this whole approach is something that's not so satisfying because we all want things and we want them right away. But by understanding how our very human nature works, we have to understand from within. We have to know that it comes from us. We have to know and understand that everyone, including ourselves, hates to be sold to. We have to be the ones that make the decisions. And we can only do this when we make the best choices with the best information available to us. And the best way to do this is by simply gathering the information and observing things around us. And that's why showing rather than telling is such an important skill. Another important skill, as we keep coming back to, is mindset. And our next coach is on to talk about her journey in mindset and how her past doesn't define her future. Here is Sarah Weiss, also known as Sasbos, to discuss her journey and her take on mindset. Hey, everybody. I'm so honored to be on the show to share my story with you all. My whole purpose in life is to help people become their best self and live their best lives. So I am really, really excited to share a little bit about my journey in hopes that you see how it can relate to anybody and how you can take back your power and redefine your life the way you want it and not have to define yourself by your current situations or your past situations. Uh, I have an upcoming book and I'll, I'll kind of lead up into how I got to this point, but I would love to read my message from the author that's gonna be on the back cover. So it'll kind of frame a little bit about where my message is coming from. It'll give you a quick little insight on who Sarah Weiss is. So I'm just gonna start reading that. So I've been abused. I've been lied to and cheated on, and it's cost me friends and family. I've been fired from jobs I loved. I've been on welfare. I'm a single mom, and my name is Sarah Weiss. I've been ridiculed for being different and endured hatred as the labor label transgender has been forced upon me. It was a lonely existence as I was buried deep in victim mentality. I found the strength to rise above, creating a level of self-confidence I never imagined I could have. I've overcome my challenging experiences to create an enriched life that I've always dreamed of. Now I am a leader, I am a coach, and an inspiration for people to live their greatest lives. I have become a source of motivation to help people achieve the highest version of themselves. Looking at my accomplishments, it's clear I was not born this way, and taking control of my life made all the difference. Reading this book will not only reveal the path I took, but might be the guiding light you need to empower you to redefine your story. So that's my message from the author, and it really, really is what I'm about. And it took a lot of growing to get to this place. It took a lot of hardships and challenges, being able to put up with all the crap life throws at us, right? And I mean, we don't choose the cards that are dealt to us. We only have control over two things in life. And this is something I've realized over years, you know, I'm 32 years old, and it took me a long time. I mean, we'll say a good portion of my life to go through this to figure out that we only have control over two things, even though especially achievers, we are control freaks and we try and control the process so that we can um, come up with our desired outcome. The only two things we have control over in life, and I mean, argue, give me a, a, an, an intelligent argument if you disagree, 
But in my opinion, the only two things we have control over is what we choose to focus on and how we respond. Or in other words, how I like to say, how you show up. So uh, whenever I find myself not in a position of uh, happiness or production, if I'm feeling lazy or if I'm feeling like overburdened and sad and overwhelmed and all this stuff, I just ask myself two things because life can get crazy. Life can get crazy and there's unknown variables and things can start weighing us down and get overwhelming. You know, I'm a single mom of two. For any single moms out there, you know how crazy it can get. And like, we just want to do our best. We just want to be the best mom possible and be the best role model for these little angels we have. And I'll sit there and I'll ask myself, what do I choose to focus on right now? And how am I going to show up? Just asking myself those two questions. And if you try this, you'll see what I mean. Ask yourself those two questions and see how it shifts you. It shifts your perspective, your frame of mind. That's you taking control of yourself. Not looking and thinking and worrying about and stressing and feeling anxiety over things we have no control over. We do it over and over, time and time again. Worry about things we have zero control over. But when you take control over the two things you can control, it's an empowering feeling. It'll empower you. And it'll empower you to move forward and not get stuck sitting still. I like to choose to be a Dory as opposed to, I forget, Nemo's father. I love this example. Dory and Nemo's father swam across an ocean with so many unknowns, things they couldn't control, to find Nemo. And both of them uh, achieved the same result. They found Nemo. But here's the difference between the two of them. Dory just kept swimming and didn't stress about it. She just she didn't know what she was going to experience, but she just kept going, knowing that she was going to find Nemo. And she just kept swimming, just kept swimming. Nemo's father, on the other hand, stressed about it the whole time. He was freaking out. He was scared. He was hurt. He was frustrated. He was sad. He was just living in this uncertainty and this unknown, and it, it freaked him out. So... They both, you know, look at that. They both achieved the exact same thing. One was happy and one was not, even though they both achieved the same thing. So I like to choose to be a Dory. I like to choose to be a Dory, knowing what my outcome is. I know that I'm going to cross the ocean to achieve my greatest success. So I choose to do it happily and just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. I don't need to worry about all the, the things that are going to come at me that I have no control over. I will just handle them and I will show up to my greatest ability and I will focus on what I'm trying to achieve. I won't get stuck in focusing on things I have no control over. And you know, my whole book is about my journey and what I've learned about not defining myself by who I used to be. And by the circumstances that have happened in my past, I mean, look at me now. I have created a life that I dreamed of for years but never took action on because I was so afraid. And I define myself by how society saw me. And I define myself by all the struggles and hardships I went through as a kid. My father wasn't in my life. I was one of those kids that on Father's Day, um, I, you know, everyone's making these crafts. And I would make the crafts, but I wasn't making them for anybody. I had nobody to say, hey, daddy. I had no one to, to be excited and sad and, and frustrated and, and call out daddy's name. I never had that. So I, I used that, not you know, not knowingly, I used it as an, ex uh, uh, as an excuse for, for 
holding myself back and you know this is my disadvantage I didn't have a, a father I didn't have a role model I have daddy issues I have this and that and I use that as as justification for being stuck and other things like there were so many things like uh, we grew up in a very low-income household I didn't have great role models uh, growing up I didn't have the experience I didn't have the money I didn't have I didn't have I didn't have I didn't have disadvantage 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 I'm dealing with mental um, uh, uh, what, what do you call it like problems issues um, conflict that's the word I was looking for uh, major mental conflict identity issues and, and expression issues and stuff like that and I you know, I use that as an excuse for why my life was a struggle and why it was such a battle for so long until I realized it's time to redefine my story. I don't want to live like this. I want to live effortless. I don't want it to be so hard. I don't want it to be a fight. I want to live an effortless life. So I decided to redefine my life, to step into my power and take control and pick up the pen and write my next chapters instead of let my next chapters write me. So I started to think, okay, what would bring me happiness and who is the happiest version of me? And the happiest version of me was very authentic and authenticity scared me for 26 years because <laughs> I, I knew that it would come with consequences of, you know, people leaving me and judging me, ridiculing me. And that did happen for a little bit. You know, as soon as you step into your authenticity, the longer you wait, the harder it can be. And, you know, for a couple of years, it was very difficult. And I had to endure a lot of those consequences that I knew I would have to expect going into this. But I'll tell you right now, it was very worth it. It was very worth it. I'm living such a magical, happy, fulfilling, enriched life now because of it. And it's, it's put me on this path of constant growth and development. And I mean, every challenge I've experienced has added to that growth and success in my life. And, you know, it goes back to choosing to be a Dory. Every time I experience a challenge, instead of letting it consume me and spiral me and me adding all kinds of meanings to my failures and mistakes, I just keep swimming. And I choose to just embrace everything that happens and be that Dory that just keeps swimming and not letting the, uh, the, the things that I have no control over um, ruin me take me off track. I mean, I know where I'm going. So one of the biggest things that my first, very first mentor talked to me about was instead of focusing on all these things we want, all these desires and these um, places we want to go and all the, all these things, he helped me to see something different to attract, to use the law of attraction manifestation. He talked to me about purpose. And every time I talk to people about purpose and I ask them what their purpose is, a lot of people get stumped on this. And that's that's crazy. That's crazy. To me, it's it brings up my purpose in life, which is I want to help students coming out of high school to realize their purpose sooner rather than later. And so once I started thinking about my purpose in life, um, I started to magnetize and attract things that helped me live out my purpose in life. And it was like the simplified version of using the law of attraction. Because when you're living out your purpose in life, you're in a mind state of, I've already gotten everything I need to live out my purpose in life. And I'll, I'll give you an example. This is how I always find out people's purposes in life. I ask them what their goals are. And when I hear about their goals, it's very surface level, right? I, you know, I want financial freedom. Um, and I'll say, like, what's that for? What do, what do you want to do with the finances? Well, I want to take care of my family. I don't want to have to worry about bills. I want to be able to travel. You know, all the, the very same, well, almost cliche stuff. But, it, you know, it's, it's understandable. I always ask, well, okay, what are you going to do after that? After you have this financial freedom, after you have the, the dream job, dream relationship, after you have all these surface level goals, what's next for you? 
And then they'll kind of go to the second level deep, the peel back the onion, go, well, you know, I've always wanted a, an art studio and stuff like that. And these are more powerful goals. But then after that, I say, what about after you accomplish that? That's when they go, huh, I've never thought about that. Or some of them have, they just don't think about it too often. And that's when you start to live in what people's actual dreams are and their purpose in life. And, you know, I've heard all kinds of things like, um, you know, some one lady, she's like, well, you know what I would do? I would go to the hospital and I would rock babies. I would rock babies. I was like, wow, that's really cool. You want to be there for, for infants in the hospitals. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, I want to take care of horses. I just want to be able to board them and groom them and, and heal them and all kinds of things. I want to use them for, um, uh, for therapy and all this stuff. You know, once you get past those surface level goals and you start to think, well, if money wasn't an option, if I didn't need to worry about money, if I didn't need to worry about all these trivial things that people stress about, and I could actually focus on what lights my soul on fire without any other worries, I would do this. I would help people. I would, And, you know, everyone's purposes that I'm hearing about are ways to give back. Our purpose here is, is to give back, to give value, to help. And I'll tell you, you know, I've, I'm, I've been a top uh, leader and passive income earner in network marketing companies. In the last one I was in um, that I left, I was one of the top earners in the company and I went on a leadership retreat and we all spoke about um, things we wanted to do in our lives. And everyone got up and started to talk about, you know, things that led to what their purpose is. And every one of them broke down and cried because they spoke about the pain that they've experienced in their past and how that connected to their purpose in life. And almost every single one of them talked about how they experienced something that was so hard, so challenging, such a struggle, and that their purpose in life was to help others not have to experience that struggle. Or at least if they do experience it, that they'll have the tools and the guidance to come through it. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that, doesn't that really make you think about what your purpose in life is? Maybe the challenges that you've experienced, maybe all these struggles and hardships that you've experienced lead to something that you want to help others not have to go through because you were strong enough to endure it and you took lessons from it that have helped you improve your life and can also help improve others. If you didn't have to worry about paying bills and have to, you know, worry about all these, you know, trips that you want to make that you haven't done. If you haven't gone to Greece and you really want to go, then that's part of your your reason to get up and go to work. You want to do something like that, so you're earning money to go do that. But if you've already done that, if you've already done these things that are kind of surface level, what would be next for you? What would you do every single day to light your soul on fire? It's a really amazing question. Once you start to focus on that and you really, really embody that, um, that ideal that you could live a life that constantly sets your soul on fire and, and most likely it'll be to do with giving back to the human race or to animals, um, it, it really puts things in perspective on what you do next, the direction you're taking. You might realize you're on the wrong track. You might realize that you need a major shift so that you can actually go towards that, that dream life. You know, we're all like heat-seeking missiles. Um, some of us don't have a target and our missiles are just kind of go floating, going through the air crazy. We, we don't really have a target, so we're not, you know, directed. But when you have a direction, when you know where you're going, all of a sudden the, the missile locks on target. And here's the thing about our instincts. Our instincts are like the servos in the missile that automatically adjust all the fins to hit the target. We have instincts that do the same thing. The only way to program your instincts so that you don't have to live in thought and live in the how, how am I gonna do this, is by 
clarifying your direction. Where am I going? What is my, my, my purpose in life? And your instincts will all of a sudden adjust and it'll pick up different information. This is how two people, two different people can watch the same movie and come out of the movie with a different message. Their instincts are programmed differently to pick up different information. So if you're programming your instincts to achieve your purpose in life, all of a sudden the information you take in in the world is going to change. You're going to notice things. Things are going to stick out of the background and you're going to pick up on things that you might not have if you weren't programming your instincts to live out your purpose in life. Isn't that crazy? Oh, it's so beautiful. So, you know, since living my authenticity and living for my purpose in life, my life has become magical. Miracles everywhere. Everywhere, I experience miracles all the time. Um, and this has only been about three years, okay? In three years. Three years ago, I was on welfare, single mother of two. And uh, I was hurting. I, I felt broken. I felt like, you know, I failed at everything and I was making mistakes. It's like, why am I here? I feel like I could have accomplished so much more by now. I was uh, 29 years old. I'm like, why am I not a millionaire by 30 like I thought I would be when I was a kid? And, uh, you know, I, I was vulnerable and I, I asked for guidance. And I, I'm really glad I did because that's when I started to think about purpose in life after my first mentor. And I went from being on broke on welfare to, you know, two weeks later, um, finding another mentor who I had looked up to for many years. And he took me under his wing and I became the top recruiter in his company and a top leader in that company and went from there to become a top earner in another company that made me even more money. And, you know, the money was just a tool that's given me a platform to help more people and be a better leader and more influential where I can share my story to more people. And from there, you know, six figure passive income earner um, and creating a relationship with some of my greatest heroes in life. When I was a teenager, I used to listen to Les Brown and he made me hungry. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, watching him on stage, I'm like, that's what I need to do. I need to be on stage and change people's lives. Well, two years ago, I began building a relationship with him. When I first saw him live on stage, it was a surprise. I didn't know he would be there. And as everyone's leaving the conference room to go on break, I'm still in there writing notes. And I look over at the stage. He's down in front of the stage and only two people are talking to him. I beeline to him. I was like, oh my gosh, Les Brown, wow. He cut me off and he's like, girl, you got charisma. You should be on stage. I'm like, yeah, I know. And he's like, here's my email, email me. I emailed him. I saw him again. He asked for my business card. He called me. He called me on the phone after an, an event. We became friends. I can now call him whenever I want. He's the one who convinced me to write my story. To, he actually convinced me to tell it in public. He told me to be open about your story. At that point, I was hiding, you know, myself. I was hiding the fact that I was transgender because, you know, if you look at me, you wouldn't know. And a lot of the people in my life didn't know that about me. And he told me, he convinced me to open up and share my story because there was a lot of value that could change the world. And I knew that, but I was still, you know, almost ashamed of it. Um, and he convinced me to write my story. So now I wrote my book and it's, um, it's in the process of being fully revised and then it'll be published within the next few weeks. If you want to order a pre-signed, uh, pre-sale copy that is signed by me, you can go to www.sasbooks.com. That's S-A-S-S books, B-O-O-K-S dot com and you can order a pre-sale copy we've also got a facebook community page um look for not born this way launch community the book's name in case you didn't know it is called not born this way 
um, not being in parentheses. And I'll let you look into that title and kind of take the messages from that. There's a lot of messages in just the title alone. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, I've become a very successful uh, coach. And you know, it's funny because I coach a lot of people. and It's only been five months since I launched my business. And I haven't really thought of an amazing name or title of my coaching. You know, I mean, life coach, manifestation coach, mindset coach, success coach. Uh, I've gone by all of them, but it never really mattered because I just build relationships and I help people because I realize how I can help them. But I think what I really help people do is I reprogram them. I help people reprogram themselves and program their instincts so that they don't get stuck in their head and thought. Instead, they can live effortlessly and allow their instincts to pick up on everything that they don't consciously notice. And they can just live effortlessly, light as a feather. So if uh, you're interested in any of that, look me up on Facebook, Sass Boss. I am the Sass Boss, Sarah Weiss. And I am so happy that I got to share with you all. Um, I, if you took any value from this, please let me know. I would love to hear what you related to or what kind of um, information you took from this that will help you improve your life. I hope you all have a wonderful and incredible life. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much again for having me on the show. Much love to you all. Take care. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.